The French Revolution of 1789 was inundated with totalitarian ideologies, ideologies that led to 150 years of chaos, war, and bloody revolution. Welcome to the Lucas Scrobot Show. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is where we uncover purpose, relentlessly pursue truth, and own the future. I'm your host, Lucas Scrobot, and today we are talking about the French Revolution of 1789 and onwards. Specifically, we are in this series on a series on totalitarian ideologies, cults, states, regimes, you name it. But we're focusing on the 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 essence of totalitarian ideologies as we can see them manifest throughout history um, time and time again. If we do not know history, if we do not know the patterns of everything that has happened in the past, we cannot defend ourselves in the future because these ideas that are that are surging through society decade after decade after decade are not really new. They're not really new ideas. They're just old ideas that have been reformed and renewed and repackaged with some new language and some new nuances. But the underlying ideologies, the underlying driving forces, the underlying modes of operation, by and large, remain the same. And we can look time and time again when we look at these totalitarian ideologies, whether in, they're in cults or in states or in nations um, or, or groups, we can see the fruit from those ideologies. And likewise, when we look at ideologies of, of liberalism, of, of freedom, of um, free will and freedom of speech, we also can see the fruit and the what comes from those sorts of ideology. So if we can see this, if we can know this, then we can defend ourselves and we can create logical and reasonable arguments and, and stances that are substantiated with real evidence to know, hey, that thought is a dangerous thought. And we talk about that all the time here on the show. We talk about how our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions create our actions and our actions reinforce our thoughts. The things that we think create the world around us, the things, the ideas that go through our, our mind and that we adopt and that we foster, they create strongholds in our mind that will, that will play out in the behaviors of our life and that will affect our destiny, that will affect our children, that will affect our, our, our entire, our, all of our relationships. It all comes back down to what we believe, the premises of how we view the world and how we view we are to function and live within the world. So the French Revolution of 1789, there, there are a lot of problems that led up to this revolution. Now notice that this is around the same time period that America had their revolution. So I'm not saying that revolution is bad. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have had a revolution. I'm not saying that there weren't amazing horrible problems. I mean, the the tax on the poor was so high. The the rich, the the elite of that time were just living in in just extreme wealth, extreme riches while you know, under the feudal system while the peasants and the the poor were struggling to even eat. Um so there was real pressure oppression. There was real problems going on 
in France during this time. Clearly, there was a need for revolution. And as I said, at the same time, around the same period of time, America had their own revolution. But I want you to notice something. The ideas, the ideals that undergirded their thought processes of these revolutions were very, very different. And we can look as we pair these up side by side, we see the results from these two revolutions to be very, very different. So first, if you notice in the American Revolution, the 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 settlers that came over, the, the refugees, if you will, that came from England and Europe and the Netherlands and the Dutch, the Polish, all of them that came over to America were by and large Puritans and Protestants. They came over in search for religious freedom. So they were fleeing religious oppression, mostly by the Catholic Church. They were freeing religious oppression by the government, saying you cannot worship in the way that you want to worship. They were fleeing that to America, and they said, we want to create in a society where each individual has their own agency and freedom to worship the way that they want. They were adopting the founders and those who created the framework of the 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 Constitution and the Declaration of Independence in America that were pushing for this revolution in America had adopted ideas that came from Milton on freedom of speech and the danger of censorship. So their ideas were were liberal in nature, not liberal as in conservative or liberal, but liberal as in that the individual has agency and freedom and should not be controlled by the state. Again, they believed the premise of the individual was the supreme expression of the state, of the government, and that the government was in place to empower the individual to make their individual choices. Right? John Adams, who wrote the Declaration of Rights and the Inhabitants of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in 1780, he, he writes about the, the basic framework for an American governing philosophy and is this. Now, this is important moving forward to look at the contrast to the French Revolution. So bear with me. He wrote this, John Adams, all men are born free and equal and have certain natural, essential and unalienable rights, among which may be reckoned with the right of enjoying and defending their lives and liberties, that of acquiring acquiring possessing and protecting property, in fine, that of seeking and obtaining their safety and happiness. What he's saying here is that the, the purpose of the government is to secure and defend the rights of individual of individuals to pursue their own safety, to pursue their own happiness, to protect their own property, to have their own will in life. The government is to protect the individual from exercising their own will. Now, if you contrast this with the French Revolution of 1789 and their Declaration of Rights of Man, the Declaration of Rights of Man from France in 1789 is is a monument to the collective, an ode to the collective. They wrote this, the principles of all sovereignty resides in resides essentially in the nation 
nobody nor individual may exercise any authority which does not proceed directly from the nation. It states, the law is the expression of the general will. I just think the, the, the differences are so stark. Here, France is saying that no individual can exercise any authority or, or any agency which does not proceed directly from the nation, which is the general will of the people. So now the individual in this instance is subject to the state, is subject to the government, where in America it was the other way. The government, the collective, is subject to the individual, that individuals have authority to exercise their will, which the government must defend and protect, whereas in this case, <laughs> the individual is subject to the will of the government. They can't operate with any sort of agency. So now notice here in the French Revolution, the purpose of government is to make laws benefiting society, not to restrict itself from encroaching upon the rights of the individual, right? So government is to make laws benefiting society and not to restrict itself from encroaching on the rights of an individual. The guide of the French Revolution was not liberty as it was in America. It was equality. It was saying our, France was saying our system is so unequal that we are going to create a government to equalize it. Anything that's high, we're going to cut off. Anything that low is low, we're going to try to raise up. It is no longer about individual freedom for people to act. It is about the government replacing, <laughs> replacing individual agency with control over everyone. In the American Revolution, the people gave power to the government, but in the French Revolution, the government and the collective gave power to the people. Now, you might think, well, what does this, what does this have to do with me? I don't even live in the States, or even if you do live in America, it's like, well, great, so what? But this is important, even when we're structuring our organizations, even when we're structuring our lives, when we're dealing with people, are we trying to dominate and, and, and extend totalitarian control over people, thinking we need, to, we need to mitigate people's actions for the good of the whole? Or are we saying the group exists to defend the individual's rights to choose and decide how they want to live? So... One of the greatest differences when we look forward into history based on, on these ideas, when we look at the French Revolution of, 17, of 1789 and the American Revolution of 1776, we can see that America set up, by and large, a very peaceful governance. It wasn't revolution after revolution after war after revolution. It wasn't a, a new government every 20 years. But we, if we look at the French Revolution, the, the years following the French Revolution are called the reign of terror. The reign of terror. France put in these, these ide totalitarian ideologies that said, we're going to have controlled religion. We're going to do away with faith, right? America, they wanted freedom and expression of religion. America wanted freedom of religion. France said, we want no, we want no 
religion. They were whitewashing, whitewashing their, their culture, their history, and essentially saying we are going to reinstate, and it was actually called the cult of reason. You, there's government-mandated religion. You must have this religion. You no longer have freedom of religion. No, it's a stark difference. So because of that, that the, the fruit of these ideologies in France was the reign of terror. The reign of terror were mass executions, quote unquote, for the common good of the people. They had these, oftentimes didn't have trials. They would hunt down nobles. They'd hunt down clergy. They'd hunt down business owners and they would behead them with the guillotine. This is where we get the guillotine from without any trials. Now it's just, it wasn't just one or two people. They executed 16,000 people. And it wasn't based on what you did or didn't do. It wasn't based on being guilty of a crime. It was based on being a part of a group. Well, you are a part of the clergy. Therefore, you're guilty. 30,000 clergymen were banished from France and many were beheaded. So it was just, just by fact that you were clergy, you weren't guilty of anything besides your identity. Notice the identity politics coming into play. Just because you were a noble, you, you were in for. It wasn't based on what you did or didn't do. It was based on your class. They wanted equality. They said equality was more important than liberty. There was one man, Maximilian Rubesperi. There was one man, Maximilian, who was a, a monumental in sparking the French Revolution. But ironically, he was also led to the guillotine when the people decided that he had too much power, when the people decided, mm, you no longer align with our ideology, with our movement, with the things that we want to see. Now, and this is common in totalitarian states. This is common in, in these ideologies that are trying to control everything. And you, you, we saw it in Russia. We saw it with the USSR. It's that the people who lead these revolutions, the people that are first to stand up and say, okay, we're going to make a change. We're going to overthrow the oppressor and we're going to set up and control the environment. Well, it is only a matter of a few short years before the people underneath them say, wait a minute, you have too much power as well. You are in too much of a place of authority and we're going to overthrow you for the same purposes that you overthrow the next person. Because in, in these ideologies, they see everything as this surge of this movement moving forward of, of the Ouroboros. The Ouroboros is the, the, the infinity snake where the, the, the head of the snake is eating its own tail. And that's what's happening in this ideology. It is a self-eating movement. And it, it's written into the ideologies. They need to be self-eating because they're moving towards a utopia and in order to move towards that utopia, there needs to be an enormous amount of bloodshed. And they justify bloodshed because that bloodshed is purging a nation so that they could set up the, your, your utopian ideals. But the problem is this self-destructive cycle is never satisfied.
it always needs more. It, it can never be satisfied. And that's one reason that after the French Revolution, we see decade after decade, every 25, 30 years, we see another revolution and another revolution, some say even up to the, the 1950s when finally France joined the European Union. It was just revolution after revolution. Why? Why was this? It's because of the ideologies undergirding their system. It wasn't one based on the freedom of individuality and the freedom of religion, but rather it was based on the government controlling society in, in totalitarian ways. As I said, the French Revolution was led by anti-religious. It was actually a group called the Anti-Clerical Movement, a.k.a. Secularism. The French Revolution was sparked out of secularism, whereas the American Revolution was sparked out of we want every person to have freedom to worship in the way that they want. Whereas secularism said there is no God, there is only reason, and we are going to destroy any past history of God and we're going to actually set up a new calendar. And this is this is where we're going in this episode. I want to talk about how they tried to re to erase all of history and reestablish a a complete control of the narrative. And we talked about this in the previous episode how totalitarian ideologies and groups, cults, they want complete control of the narrative. They want complete control of the narrative. So what first came you know, in, in France at this time, the Catholic Church was controlling everything and corrupt. So um, I, I do agree that there needed to be a revolution, but the, the French Revolution, the ideologies that drove it were very different. So when they overthrew the Catholic Church, they started what was called the cult of reason, and they supplanted the Catholic religion and the, the state-mandated Catholic religion with another state-mandated religion, which was anti-religion, which was the cult of reason. And this is where we get into the extreme censorship and control of the media and complete uh, totalitarian rewriting and erasure of history, right? In postmodern leftist revolutions, they often seek, as I mentioned, to erase history. Why? Why would people want to erase history? And this is why. Because if we can erase history and say, this is the, there is no beginning, middle, or end to this, this world, this cult, this ideology. There's no middle, beginning, or end. If there's no beginning, middle, or end, then there is no other way to think. If there's nothing that ever was before this revolution, then there's, there's no other op option of our mind to even consider that there might be another way of life. There might be a better way of life because in these, in these thought systems, any sort of rational thinking or dialogue or saying, well, maybe there's a different way. Maybe this whole system isn't the best way to live. Thinking itself is the danger in these ideologies, in these totalitarian cults, having a dissenting voice, having another way of thinking is the most dangerous thing. 
So how did the, the cult of reason do this? Well, they started by getting rid of the Gregorian calendar. And they set up a new calendar explicitly to erase their Christian religious values of the past. So they, they began to tear down everything. And this is what these, these ideologies want to do. They say the system is so corrupt. The system is so corrupt that we cannot improve upon it. We have to tear it down to the ground, burn it down from the ground, and rebuild something brand new from the ground up. We're going to tear it down in a day. Whereas in the other systems of thought, in the more uh, the systems of thought that come from the Enlightenment, systems of thought that are based in libertarianism or being liberal and that, that the individual has agency, they tend to build line upon line and say, okay, we can, we can recognize the flaws of our system, but it's the system that we have. How can we slowly improve our system? You know, it takes maybe six to nine months, maybe a year, depending on the size of the house, to build a house. It takes time to build a house. It takes decades and, and centuries even to build a, a nation or a civilization, to build these highly complex systems. But it only takes a, a day or a month or a week to tear it down. It's easy to tear something down, but it's very difficult to build something up. And so in the more the the ideas that come from the Enlightenment, they would say, let, let us build upon it and improve our systems so that we can have a, a more egalitarian way of living. But let's not burn it all down. But this is what they did in France. They burned it all down. So they first introduced this new calendar in 1788 and it was finally adopted in October 1793. And what they did in this new calendar, they got rid of the seven-day week, which is explicitly from Christian Judeo um, creation story of the, the seven-day week. And they replaced it with a 10-day week based on Yep, our 10 fingers, so very naturalistic. And they call it, instead of calling weeks, they call it decades instead of a week. And instead of having names like January, February, August, which were named after Greek and Roman gods, they replaced it with names like snow, rain, vintage, fruit, heat, harvest, sea time. It's the month of sea time. And they took away the names of the days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, you know, and they replaced it with the names of the days became seed, tree, flower, fruit, animal, tool. So, you know, I was, you know, instead of, instead of I'll meet you on Monday, it's like, I'll see you on tool. We're going to see you on tool day in, in the month of fruit, right? They totally rewrote the calendar. They did away with all sorts of religious holidays and they replaced it with government and state holidays. Again, look complete control over society, complete censorship and control over the way that people not only thought but had the option to think, complete control over the language, complete control over what holidays they observed or didn't observe. They didn't want there to be another option. They didn't want there to be another option of thought. So they had to erase all of society. This calendar lasted until January 1st, 1806, when Napoleon did away with that 
and he re-established the Catholic Church and re-established the Gregorian calendar. Now, liberalism accepts and is opened to criticism so that they can find and accept what they're doing wrong in order to correct their mistakes. Totalitarian ideologies, like the French Revolution, they need to tear everything down. They, they can't accept criticism, and they do not allow for another narrative. And as I said in the beginning, when we look at the French Revolution, we look at the, the byproducts, the things that came after this revolution, based in totalitarian state control. You know, Napoleon, he waged war after war after war after war that were needless. And it was bloody revolution after revolution. If you look at their history, they had the, the first revolution of 1789, which again, as I said, they needed, they needed a revolution. At the same time, America had their revolution. But the ideas and ideologies that they adopted in the midst of that revolution were very different. After the, the first revolution, they had the French First Republic that came in 1792. They had the first French Empire in 1804. They started the, the Bourbon Restoration in 1814. Then there was the July Monarchy in 1830, followed by the Second Republic in 1848, followed by the Second Empire in 1852, followed by the Third Republic in 1870. And in that, there was three different movements until that lasted until the until 1914 notice each movement just being eaten and churned over by the next one filled with these internal struggles and contradictions in the name of trying to equalize trying to find equality rather than giving the individual liberty to live as they would These are, these are important, these are important ideas to recognize and defend ourselves against. This is an important history lesson that we can learn from, that we can look to and say, okay, when we are looking to see change in our life, when we're looking to see change in our group that we're a part of, our community that we're a part of, or maybe if there's change happening in a nation, what sorts of ideas the foundational premises of how you structure society, how you see the ordering of society happening, what are those foundational things that you then build out of? What's, what's the way that you view the world that you then build your world out of? Is Does the individual have freedom, freedom to choose, freedom to believe, freedom to to have the religion that they want? Or is it the, the state's and government responsibility to control everything that the person thinks, reads, or listens to? Which society will you foster in your community or even in your home? Because these things are just fractiles, right? These things, they start with the individual. How do I as an individual control my domain of society, my, do, my domain of personhood, right? How do I control myself? Then goes out to your, your family. How is, what's the cultural dynamic with, within the walls of my immediate family? What sort of environment? Is it complete in co control 
uh, a totalitarian ideologies that's within a family or is there liberty and freedom for people to pursue what they want to pursue? And then within, within your community that, that you're a part of. Then within the state, right? So there's these different circles of domain of authority. And so we may not be leaders of states or we may not be writing policy, but we are influencing and impacting our life and those around us. So what ideas are you going to adopt today? And I hope that you adopt ideas of liberty. I hope that you adopt ideas that open up the door for reasonable thinking, for giving people agency and individuality to be able to disagree with you without censoring and, and shutting them down, without without cancel culture sweeping in to say no. If you disagree, like the reason that Maximilian was killed and, at the guillotine, the reason that Maximilian died at the end, he was the one that started the revolution. It's because he said, mm, this whole cult of reason thing, I think it's a little bit too far. I think it's a little bit too out there. I'm going to start my own cult. It was called the cult of supreme being. He's like, we need to have some sort of deism. So he started this cult and this deistic cult called the cult of supreme being. And those who were in power in the cult of reason essentially said, no way, we're not going to let you reinstate some sort of faith-based religion, believing in God. We're done with God. We're whitewashing washing society from God. And because of that, you got to go too. You and all, all your posse, everyone who stands with you. And they all went to the guillotine. So are you going to foster an environment that anytime someone steps out of line with your talking points, you cut them out of your life? That you block them? That you delete them? That you cancel them? That you railroad them? Or are you going to create an environment where there's conversation, where there's freedom for people to say what they think, where there's freedom for people to make mistakes, where there's freedom for people to ask questions, and where there's freedom for people to have different walks of life. And that's what's important in this day and age, that we would seek truth, that we would seek truth because it is the truth that sets us free. But when there is a totalitarian control enforcing everything that's not freedom and that's not truth but each individual needs to learn to search it out for themselves and walk in it for themselves that's all for this episode we're going to continue this series on totalitarian ideologies we're going to be talking about the chinese cultural revolution and the, the, the Chinese struggle sessions that they would have. We're going to continue even talking about Yugoslavia and Venezuela and some of these things that happened. Please, I love, I really love getting your questions. If you WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero, I would love to answer your questions right here on the show, whether it's on YouTube or on the podcast, wherever you go. I would love to answer them. Also, my book, Anchor the Discipline to Stop Drifting. It is a book that I wrote 
in a time of my life where everything seemed to come to a halt and I was searching and seeking of how do I, how do I create an algorithm, if you will, a metric in my mind for what does it mean to be successful? What does it mean to reach my goals? How, what does productivity really mean? And so this is a short hundred page book. If you find yourself stuck or struggling or feeling like you're bouncing from one thing to the next and you're not getting any traction in your life, then this is a highly actionable book written just for you. If you're crushing your goals, just listen to more to the podcast. Anyways, that's all for today. I'm Lucas Scrobot. You are a change maker. Go out and own your future. <laughs>